0: Hello, and welcome to the Session 6 Sport Performance Podcast, powered by Weight Endurance. I'm your host, Cody Waite, and my co-host, Kathy Waite, is sitting beside me here.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And then today's show, we have a, um, a special guest, Justin Madison.
1: Hey, guys. How's S- it going?
0: Sitting on my left. We are actually on location for the first time ever, um, doing a remote recording at the bikery at the brewery in Littleton, Colorado, which is uh, our preferred bike shop, Um, kind of a new bike shop. When did you guys
2: open? We got underway um, with the remodel of the property in January and then got started with the business. Actually, doors open April 1st.
0: April 1st, yeah.
2: Yeah, kind of funny. I mean, it was... uh, it was April Fool's Day. Oh, was that, it really? <laughs> that day. and uh, Opening day, April Fool's. And then, believe it or not, our business hours technically were not open on a Monday, and that was a Monday, so April Fool's were open. Okay. Kind of so All it was right. a very, very soft open, but that was the first day.
0: Right, we right. Underway, so. Well, the
1: property's really unique and, and fun to be on. Yeah. By the bike It's here. really cool,
0: and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that, um, the location of the shop and how it evolved and everything. Um, but we're here... Uh, with episode 11 of our podcast brought to you by our 2020 base builder program and um, what we want to talk about today and why we're on location here at a bike shop um, is talking about new gear like getting equipped for your coming season because you want to um, start thinking about those purchases and upgrades and improvements now um, so you have them in the coming months so you get used to them get properly fit on them all those sorts of things before you get into your heavy, serious training and certainly before you get close to your first events of the season. So, um, you know, the time is now. All the new gear is kind of coming out. We don't have inner bike anymore, sadly. Right, right or, yeah. I mean, maybe some people, that's a positive. But, um, you know, now it's all online and looking at... What you see at Eurobike online, I guess. Yeah, or you
2: get invited to go to Switzerland and go to Scott, yeah. which is kind of cool. Right,
0: right. Did you get to do that? Yeah. Well, we sent one of our
2: one of our team guys, actually, grants here on the site today, and got to send him out there because we were so heavily busy with okay. the shop. So we're like, "You're great. You're a professional. You'll be able to listen and hear out what we're looking for." And he got to really take a deep dive into the new product. Cool. Oh, that's cool. really cool.
0: That'd be really sweet. Yeah, trip to Switzerland and the, to the Scott yeah, headquarters. that's a win-win. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. And at the very end, we'll touch on week seven of the, the base builder program here. We're getting towards the end of our first training block. So, um, all right, I guess we'll jump right into it. Did you have any?
1: Well, we thought we'd just briefly say what we've been up to this week. So what
0: what were you up to (laughs) last week? (laughs)
1: Well, as we mentioned in our last recording, uh, we both had a pretty big training block and it was especially significant for me coming off that injury, Um, So it was maybe a little bit too much. So by Sunday at the cyclocross race, my knee had sort of had enough. And I think I had fallen in the warm-up lap. And Well, I know I had fallen, but I think I banged my knee on one of the barriers. And so at the end of the race, I had sort of a freak out because my knee was swollen. And I thought, oh, my God, I've re-injured it. So it was like
0: the double whammy of your biggest training week in a long time.
1: And I wasn't sure if I had just bruised it when I had fallen or if I had... Retweaked like the IT band, like, right? That whole area, so
0: there's a little panic. I, I had a little panic, panic, a little
1: freak out. <laughs> um, Monday, I got squeezed in over at Cascade PT, and uh, shout out to Lara, she was so kind. I was like having like a, almost a full on panic attack, to yeah, Peter, about it. But yeah. she did, like, For those a, that don't
0: know, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Cascade Physical Therapy is right next door to us at Session Six at Sixth Avenue and Garrison, yeah, and they, they're miracle workers. Over there, yeah, Justin they're like good listeners
1: group. because I was really, I probably needing someone just to calm me down more than anything. So, she did like a full exam and you nice. know, wiggled my knees and compared both sides and Tattoo. talked mostly with me and kind of calmed you. We didn't have time; with a, was considered one of their like dry needling appointments, although we didn't do any needling. <laughs> um, yeah, so I left there just like much more calm and knowing I needed to take a couple days off from cycling, but um, she was pretty confident it was just a a bruise that was sort of manifesting in the same way as my previous injury. So I did take a couple days off, and I rode today for about 90 minutes, and it seems to be okay.
0: Yeah, and I think the good takeaway here, too, for everybody is like if you're building up your training and you're you're getting into, like, a, let's say, abnormally high, progressively higher level of volume training load that, you know, oftentimes it's a good idea to plan a lighter week the next week it doesn't have to be a full like recovery week or week off so to speak but even if it's like you did 600 tss one you know as your big week here you know maybe you need to back it down to 500 or 450 tss like a training load you know lowering that training load to let your body kind of adapt so you don't overdo it
1: especially if you you're coming back from an injury or you are like older, like we are. Right. <laughs> so even though on my training plan you had another big, big week plan for me, it, it's not the best choice. Right. So I'm going to ease back into it and hopefully have like a bigger training ride on Friday and, and we'll see from there.
0: Yeah, and bottom line, always listen to your body. Following any training plan, whether it's ours or one you're making up or one you bought somewhere else or a coach or you have, always listen to your body. If you feel any kind of like building fatigue or niggles of a looming injury or something like that, take it serious and take a step back. I mean, it's always, my philosophy is always you're way better off being 10% under-trained than that 1% over-trained because mm-hmm. that just leads to problems that and big setbacks. So you, you listen to your body, you got it checked out. Yeah, well, like another thing, too,
1: that you always say is stress is stress. Um, if it's athletic exercise stress or, like, work stress or family mm-hmm. stress. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had to drive up to Colorado State yesterday to help our oldest daughter just take care of some health stuff and that was really stressful like sure. the drive helping her and i didn't really have time to write anyway so it sort of all worked out yeah. the, the point is like stress is stress and i had to like factor that into my week and my, my yeah. life so i don't get sick
0: when life stress goes up training stress has to give and come down exactly. a little bit so, so okay physical yeah. and mental
2: can
0: be yeah absolutely absolutely well, cool.
1: So you did the cyclocross race with me on Sunday too. It was a windy, hot, a windy, windy race show. here in Denver, Mm-mm. Golden
0: area, or Vada, I guess actually. But um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're I mean, not
1: sure you still you like it. But I thought you did amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if cross is something that I'll <laughs> <laughs> stick with in the long run. But you know, it's certainly fun and different to try it. Um, it's just like the starting and the the I don't know. I guess being in mountain biking, it's very much like people are friendly yeah. it's like passing on your right or when you can yeah. let me buy or whatever <laughs> yeah and in cross it's not that way it's like it's full like, aggro elbows out you got to every man like, for himself yeah for <laughs> every for himself oh, no right. one's gonna let you pass no right no. so i have to reprogram my my tactics there of being able to kind of push and shove a little bit more and
2: i always thought it would be good too if we did cross when it was actually cross weather
0: well yeah that's <laughs> the, that's the other thing i was saying to somebody i was like man i you know, racing with hot and windy isn't that fun. Like, uh, maybe this becomes more fun when it's like cold and. Yeah, like
2: a little drizzly. A
0: little snow-y. drizzly, yeah. I mean, I don't want like extreme mud and snow, but a little bit. Yeah. Well,
2: we always want it perfect here in Right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Normally it is, but.
1: I would say it was anything but perfect on Sunday because it was so windy. So windy, like 30, 40 Yeah, I didn't hour really guess. want to be outside. Yeah, so. and it, was,
0: it was, seemed like it was like 80 degrees or something. Yeah, it was, it was a tough one. Yeah. yeah.
1: So no more racing for a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. Well, let's get to the heart of the matter here. So let's um, let's meet Justin. I've known Justin for, I think, over 10 years or so. Uh, sure. Yeah, we worked together at, um, at Bike Village in Littleton yep. uh, for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of, I just needed a part-time job and you were one of the managers there and... I just, you know, we really kind of connected, I yeah. think. Yeah, one
2: thing kind of led to another. Yeah,
0: and this yeah. was, I was into Xterras, and I wasn't the best bike handler, and you have a, are a really good bike handler, and I remember we rode a couple of times, and you were yeah. giving me some really good tips. It, and it
2: was hilarious, because Cody goes, hey, um, it looks like, uh, looks like, you know, the last Xterra race I did, I came to the finish, and it was just like, I got slaughtered on the descent, and It's so frustrating to me, I'm like, okay, cool, let's go out for a ride, you know, because I was racing downhill at the time, and I'm like, I'm sure I can help him. Like, this is going to be great. We'll go Mm -hmm. up Falcon or wherever we had gone that day. And Mm -hmm. we started coming down, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what I can do here because he's hauling ass. (laughs) (laughs) It's all relative. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe there are some spots, but yeah, you were doing a great job, so I was like, okay, well, this is a little humbling.
0: Yeah, well, one thing that sticks in my mind from that conversation 10 or whatever years ago was, like, you were very logical about equipment selection and kind of choosing equipment that actually goes along very well with the topic of the show today but uh, yeah (laughs) but like if you're if you want to be faster on the downhill like let's set your bike up to be more suited, correct. You know, I'm going to race across country bike still, but it's like let's put on a little wider, a little more aggressive front tire at least, or yeah. you know, get the handlebars that little bit wider, maybe a little higher, or whatever yeah. the the situation was back then. And because up to that point, I was very much the classic like weight weenie. Sure. It was like how light can I get my bike? How fast the low profile tires can I get? And all this stuff, which was actually hindering my sure riding ability um, on the downhills particularly. And it was like. Okay, think about, take a step back and know that, okay, if you can already climb and pedal the bike amongst the best of them, set your bike up to help you grow your weaker.
2: Right, and, you know, that's a conversation that I had 10 years ago, and it's a conversation I'm still having today. Yeah. So with folks who are kind of more of that, you know, I know how to get this bike uphill, I know how to get my body in the best peak physical condition it can be in, but my brain's not attached to the bike, or the bike's not attaching to the brain the same way to get me back down. So, choosing equipment wisely, especially at least in the terrain that we live in here, uh, is really important. So, you know, you can get yourself up to the top of the hill, but then what do you have to do? What compromises are you making on the way back down? And then are you then going to have to go back up and then come back down again? And what kind of um, are you putting yourself in a position where you know you're compromised, or maybe your equipment could become compromised in that whole all that training is off or not? Right, uh, right. You blow your bike up and um it's just uh it's just a bad situation so. yeah yeah I mean, that's
0: definitely true we've seen that before with some athletes mm-hmm. where they train all year for a big race and then they don't put new tires on oh. for the race and then I they puncture yeah. in the first mile and there or they goes don't like, fresh yeah. sealant you
2: know it's like the simplest thing is just to put some fresh sealant in or at least check it a week before to make sure you have good good sealant if you're running tubeless so right <clears> right yeah no no for sure exactly um, so
0: here at the Biker, you're one of the three co-owners, right? Yep, three right? owners, yep. Okay. congrats have, on that, that's awesome.
2: We have three owners and three staff members. Okay. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a, great, a great season so far, and it's been a pretty heavy lift, but we've been able to do it, and uh, we're really excited uh, for all the things that are kind of coming along. So it's me, uh, my partner Kyle Sykes, and Tony Geary. Um, we're right here on the Breckenridge Brewery Campus in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, it's right off of Santa Fe Boulevard. Uh, Just down from downtown Littleton, most folks kind of know that area. Yeah, and right
0: off the Platte River bike trail. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. I
2: mean, you can pop, like, well, if you just made a slight left turn, you'd run right into us. So there's literally no way to miss us um, whatsoever. And
0: we're just uh, north of, north or south of Hudson Gardens?
2: We're just south of Hudson Gardens, just north of C470 or Aspen Grove Mall. Yeah, Aspen Grove. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you, know, you pull in, and you're like, oh, cool, there's a brewery here. Wait, what? There's a bike shop, too? Right. Okay, all right. So we, we do surprise a lot of people, especially people that are coming off the trail. Uh, a lot of times it's a pleasant surprise because they are having an issue of some sort. Mm, right. Um, so if you're ever down in this neck of the woods, we hope that everything's going smoothly. But if it's not, it's not the end of the world. You can swing by, and we can probably take care of you on the spot.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. And then about the property, I guess it was historically it was a, a ranch or a it, farm. It,
2: this used to be a, a flower plantation, where oh, they, would, really? they would grow uh, flowers throughout the winter. And if you've ever come down to the property to see Breck, uh, there's a huge smokestack out the back, and that smokestack was from when the you know the property was still here, and they had a greenhouse, and they would heat it mm. through the winter. So they oh, would wow. they would heat that that greenhouse, and then mm. the two little houses that, that sit here on the property that we're in. Um, were the caretaker's quarters. So it's definitely a very unique feel. You walk definitely. in, and it feels like,
0: wow, okay. A house, yeah. Like it is a small yeah. house, yeah. I
2: mean, it's legitimately, we've turned a, a small uh, two-bedroom ranch home into a bike shop. Yeah.
0: Um, and then you're working on gaining the neighboring house. Correct. So there's a
2: house just adjacent to us, just to what would be the east, I guess, uh, that is exactly the same. Uh, it is in um, pretty heavy internal disrepair. It's okay. kind of structurally sound, for sure. But just as this house took a lot of time for us to get it kind of... Uh, in, in livable condition is what we call it, um, we're going to have to do the same over there. So we're going to work through the winter to double our, our, our square footage. Uh, we're not sure exactly how we're going to use each space. I think at this point we're kind of considering the other building, which is closer to the brewery. That will become the, the showroom. Uh, okay. And then we'll kind of use the building that we're sitting in today to become our service area. The
0: service area so, of workshop. Yeah, kind yeah of correct. Okay.
2: So we can, uh, we'd can. we like to see our, our <clears throat> labor dollars increase and be able to take more care of more people uh, all at the same time. Yeah. So that's going to do it. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah,
0: well, we've known Kyle, one of the other co-owners, for a couple of years now, too. He's a great guy. I mean, he was race co, race co-tune. Yeah. And he was not He was in, like, another brewery. Yeah, so enough, right? he kinda ta-
2: we, we kind of um, piloted it, uh, if you will. Um, Kyle was uh, working for the city of Castle Rock, and you know, he's just fed up with sitting behind a desk and doing whatever it was that she sure. was doing. And he called me one day, and he goes, Hey, man, I think... I think we're going to roll with this idea of you know putting a bike shop in a brewery because we'd had plenty of times you know we're having a beer or two and we're like yeah. wouldn't it be cool if you could have a bike shop like right where everyone else right, so right. would want to exist yeah I mean place? bikes and
0: beer go hand in yeah bikes and coffee you just need a coffee shop it, I mean, exactly to yeah totally there. I know right
2: and who knows that could probably come with some additional square footage right. but um, so he he uh, he took the big leap and left his his uh, government job and, and and threw it in a brewery up the street and. Uh, You know, it it worked actually really well. He was able to kind of sponsor his team and then subsequently a few other teams in the area and then get a lot of service done out of there. Um, So it was a positive, it was a big risk, but it was a positive, worthwhile risk that he took.
0: And you guys could see, like, yeah, this concept could definitely work. Correct, correct. And then... You
2: know, one thing or another, you know how things work. Hopefully you always hope that they work for the better. In this case, they did. Kyle was in a position where the brewery down there was making some changes, and they were expanding, and ownership was changing, and they were kind of like, hey, this doesn't... They they couldn't figure out how this made any sense for their business, which was kind of silly. But uh, they were like, hey, you know, we're ready for, for maybe you guys to make a move. And at the same exact time I was negotiating a deal down here with the guys at Breckenridge, uh, they had actually approached me and said... Uh, they had a little rental business in this house that a guy uh, that they knew was was uh, was running it, but he was kind of just doing it on the side, mm. and they wanted somebody to come in full time and make it a make it a real a legitimate business, real business. And, me, and yeah. I think you know they they I've known these guys, Todd and and Stewart, uh, who's the GM at the restaurant um, for fifteen years, and mm. they uh, they emailed me, so that was uh, cool. that, oh. that was, was a, yeah, yeah, it was a good uh, good way to kind of roll it all together.
0: Very so. right, cool. All, yeah. all right. Yeah, I mean, I encourage everyone to come check it out. I think it's pretty cool how it's in a, in a little house, and then, yeah, I mean, come ride your bike, buy a bike, whatever, and then yeah. you have a beer, and, and then there's, like, the KBCO concerts, yep. right, on most weekends in the we, summer. Yeah, we
2: just wrapped up the last concert, we, we, we just kind of show up. Right. <laughs> and show off all our cool stuff, and, you know, they put on the, the concerts, the KBCO and the Breckenridge Brewery put the concerts on, but yeah, we just wrapped up the last concert, if anybody's free this weekend, uh, there is the Hoot Nanny, uh, which is Breckenridge Brewery's <laughs> birthday concert celebration. Oh, okay. uh, I guess the the training wheels come off. KBCO is not involved, and they can kind of get in there and do it their do way. Do Okay. Yeah. So they've got. Big life size board games, and they're mm-hmm. gonna have like an on site snowboarding venue. Like, wow, it's really? supposed to be pretty cool! So it'll be my first time going, but this will be the 29th anniversary. So, yeah, uh, this cool. should be a good one, but next year it will be huge. Right, right. Yeah, so oh,
0: yeah, 30 years that'll be yeah. really great. Yeah, the so, property cool. out here is amazing like huge grass lawns, and then the brewery, and then the restaurant, which I haven't eaten at yet, but it looks amazing. Today Ooh. should be the day, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe after we're done here. Um, you know, and then now we got the, the bikery blossoming here as a bike shop on there like I said all we need is like a coffee shop now yeah somewhere in yeah the well, yeah
2: we just need to pick up some of the real nice espresso machine right <laughs> a couple decent baristas and we're ready to roll yeah, yeah
0: exactly um well cool yeah this is this is great so um and we're really stoked to be partnered with you guys you guys helped our lead development team out quite a bit you guys are a Scott dealer um, which is awesome Scott bikes is our our favorite brand for sure we're looking forward to getting Our hands on the new stuff that's coming out here soon, and um, what other brands? I know you have like hundred percent. Yeah, we do hundred percent sunglasses
2: and you know we partner with distributors that are here locally. So you know, given you know, I think most people are used to walking into a big box retail shop and seeing everything on the wall. Right. Um, We know as consumers that's not uh, that's not how we do things anymore. So so much. Right. So we like to try to keep really key cool items that we know people are going to need um, quite regularly or that are kind of up-and-coming products on the wall. So we work with distributors that are here local. Uh, so that's says, you know, let's say we don't have something in stock, we can get it here within at least 24 hours, okay. 24 to 48 hours if, if the uh, uh, distributor has it in stock, obviously. So uh, kind, of, kind of take the philosophy, we don't want to be a Blockbusters, we want to be a Netflix
0: Right. Mm-hmm. and try to do the best
2: job of like understanding what it is we all would want as cyclists yeah, and then kind of have that menu that pops up. So when you walk in, you're like, Oh cool. They have it read my mind. Yeah. Like you do when you watch me get on Netflix instead of just trying to have all that there and then let the person choose. So right. Right. A little different approach in that case. Yeah. And
0: I've noticed every time I've been here, there's like a bike going out that you guys have, it might've been like a stock order, but then you've, been able to sort of customize it for the customer, totally. like exactly what they want and need, yes. and it's not just like here's the stock bike and how it you go. Correct. Everything right. out the door was semi-custom, maybe yeah. to fully custom. You
2: know, and, and the cool thing is, it, it, it used to be that, you know, when I was racing a ton and you know back in the early '90s, early 2000s, that little stent there, you would pull a bike out of the box and you probably kind of want to change everything, right? Even if it was a really high-end bike. And nowadays, that's still happening a little bit. You might throw your favorite set of wheels on, or you might have a preference on handlebar or saddle. But the bikes come out so good; they do each and every year. Yeah. Um, however, each and every year they get better and better and better. So, right. Um, you know that that kind of we were going to chat. I think maybe about yeah how to how to kind of play that game, right? Like how do you how do you prepare to, to keep up with uh, the industry? You know, not necessarily the Joneses, but keep up with the industry and keep up. Uh, with all the latest and greatest equipment, yeah. um, and I think you know my philosophy is that it is, um, it's a it's a financial game, right? Like we're we're all investing a lot of money in bikes. Yeah, we ourselves are investing a lot of money in bikes in the bike shop. We're trying to place the best bets we can to have the right things. Uh, just as the consumer is saying, you know what, okay, I really think I want this bike this year. Um, what does that mean for next year? You know, like I'm not sitting here saying that you got to replace your bike each and every year. But the longer you hold on to that bike just as if we were to hold on to our bikes and mm-hmm. they roll into, we've got 2018 bikes sitting on the floor, that bike becomes devalued. So mm-hmm. not only is it important that you know, you're out there riding it and you can trust that the bike works, but then at the end of the day or the end of the year that you're in a position or changing your mindset to maybe look at refreshing that bike. Let that bike be somebody else's dream bike next year. And we have so many good avenues, you know, not just here in Colorado, but all across the country to turn that bike into someone else's dream bike. Um, then you can get your new one, you know. So I kind of look at it like that. Okay, so you make this big investment, whatever it is. Let's say it's four grand. You ride it for a whole year, right? And then you sell it for three thousand dollars. So you've just rented that bike basically for a thousand bucks. So right. what did you pay per month, right? You didn't pay much. It was under a hundred dollars a month that you that you paid to, to utilize that bike all year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know that's kind of the the, the the way I've looked at it, and that's kind of because the fact that I came from a racing background, so we were constantly utilizing the bike to the point where it was maxed you know right especially right. back in the day you know back in the day the equipment wasn't nearly as good right as you can recall right you know, you get to the end and you're like you almost felt bad about selling it to someone, right it. right uh, but you know you do what you, you do what you have to do but um, nowadays you know you ride a bike for a year that thing's pretty solid yeah Gandy. absolutely well, especially if you took really good care of it correct which you right. should yeah yeah and that's that's the thing too you know like at the shop here, what we try to do is we offer free adjustments for life on the bike. That's for the original consumer, obviously, so the first purchaser mm-hmm. gets free adjustments. So we really strive to to make sure that we tell people about that and to take advantage of that. Now, let's say you don't have that free access or that free service. Most shops will give you at least one tune-up a year. Definitely take advantage of that. Or, for that matter, you don't get any free service. You should still be tensioning your wheels or having someone tension your wheels. Or you should be looking at how rotten are your pads have you just burnt through them to where they're almost going to destroy your rotor right uh, are you checking your chain um in the mountain bike side of things and now kind of coming into cross and then into road we're going to these one by drivetrains mm-hmm. and this is a lesson i learned this year and you know i learned it on myself and then with a few customers but those chains have they're you're asking a lot yeah there's chain.
0: a lot of like lateral correct. movement going on correct there. Yeah. so
2: you know where we used to say oh you could <clears> probably get a season out of a chain, or you can get maybe a season and a half out of a chain. Mm. Because we're not realigning the chain in the front end of the drivetrain, that chain's becoming extremely stressed. Right. Uh, and then subsequently, you know, just as the rule would have been before, if you run a chain too long, your cassette's going to become right trashed. Yeah,
0: and then your chain rings, and, and then really, your chain yeah. rings, and so on
2: and so forth. So, um, a cool technique I saw online—I can't remember what blog site or YouTube video it was or whatever—but um, this is a technique I'm trying to kind of employ with. A lot of our people who are racing a lot, or riding a lot, or just consumers that are buying bikes and riding, um, is to buy maybe two chains. So you buy a bike, you you buy a chain, you label the chain, the date that you bought it. When you come in, we check the chain. We say, hey, it's been about a month, month and a half. Let's put the new, the new new chain on. So we take the old chain off, put it in the box, put another date on it. So it's been about a month, month and a half. Mm. And then we're just going to cycle chains. Cycle through. through them. So then we don't mistakenly, because the thing i found is that if you go too far, and it doesn't have to be too far on the chain checker. But just a little bit past and then your cassette will not like the new chain. Mm. Um, really oh, bad and it'll, and it'll typically be in the three or four gears you use most in the rear. Okay. But it will just then it's kinda like, crud, now I gotta go and get
0: yeah, a cassette And the like, high end cassettes are pretty spendy these. Correct. Days. <laughs> Luckily I
2: learned this kind of on my own and through some of our racers who, you know, are, are very accepting people and you know, we're all learning all the time, but um, we try to help people learn from our mistakes and that was a big one this year that we found.
0: Yeah.
1: How much do you spend for a good quality chain?
2: Like You can get a great chain. We like to carry KMC chains. They're kind of known throughout the world, like motorcycle, motocross industry. Um, garage doors, so they that's what they do is they make changes. Change. So we, and they're they're cross compatible between Shimano and a lot of times Campy and, mm. um, and SRAM. Okay. So you don't have to, I mean you definitely need to look or you need to consult with your shop on which one you're buying to make sure it's for the right drivetrain. But anywhere from thirty to sixty bucks, sixty dollars is about where it tops out. You get the blinged out gold looking twelve speed right, right. ultralight, <laughs> blah blah blah, hollow pin blah chain. Um, but you know, to each his own if that's what you want to do, great. But I'd say just grab a couple inexpensive chains and then just if you're methodical which most people who ride bikes for some reason can be uh, <laughs> right in a lot of cases they're kind of particular just jot the date down and it's really easy these days to to replace a chain it doesn't require it yeah tool. it really is yeah um, once they're cut sorry so you right. do have to cut the chain length down but right
0: but if you're cycling through the same two or three chains yeah. they're all, all going to be cut right yeah yeah, so. yeah and the, i have like the the little SRAM um, quick link pop. yeah it's so easy like yeah. it, it's literally you can change a chain in 60 in seconds seconds I've yeah. never done it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well i do it for you yeah well we'll show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, well,
1: you have a mechanic yes exactly yeah i an
2: in-house mechanic <laughs> right um, so yeah that was kind of a cool that's thing that's a really cool thing that is really
0: cool I haven't thought of that I'm a big proponent of changing chains frequently like way before a chain checker says they wear yeah. out like I kind of go along like the three month or 3,000 mile rule yeah and 3,000 miles if you ride a lot goes by pretty quick for me, so yep. it's usually like every two to three months. But to me, first of all, when you put a put brand new chain on, it's like you have, almost have a new bike. Yeah. Like it rides so much better. It's like it when you get better. new tires on your car. Yeah. It
2: feels just, whether it's really better or not, you just feel more confident in right, it. Right, right. But yeah, you can definitely tell that it shifts <clears> better and there's better engagement. Yeah. Um, the 3,000 mile rule probably applies to a road bike pretty well but I definitely don't think that you can go quite that far on on the mountain bike. Oh, on the mountain. Okay, that's um, interesting. Just because of that one-by thing. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: well, we have a, I have a one-by on my cross bike, too.
2: Yeah. Right. And the cross bike's a little different because you're not going to have that big 50-tooth cog in the oh, rear. Oh, right. Okay. So, okay. so that's a big stretch. yeah. But we you know when it's a little tighter cassette in the rear, it's probably a, severe, a little longer <clears throat> uh, lifespan there. But okay. um, if you don't own a chain checker, you can come to the shop. that They're cheap. Yeah. Keep them in the stock. at Like ten or fifteen bucks. It's like a perfect tool to have in your box. They
0: are really good. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, um, but yeah, kind of a tangent there. But that's a. Well, I
1: like the tangent because it's it's sort of like how foolish would someone be not to do an oil change in their car? Correct. And it's thirty to sixty bucks for an oil change. Correct. So same idea, like right. Change your chain. Have a couple around.
2: Yeah. Want a nice like. High-end 12-speed cassette is three to four, five hundred. Yeah, yeah, they're expensive. I mean, I would rather replace. I'd rather have three <coughs> forty-dollar chains. Let's say average forty-dollar chains right. on hand, mm-hmm. than find out the hard way. Um, and then let's just say you find out the hard way at a race. So right. you've just now invested all this time in training, and you've invested all this time in the hotel you're going to in, You've invested the rafting tour so your family can go do that while you race. <laughs> right. And then you've bought tires for the car and. You know, you got the hotel, and you bite all this food, and then all it was was that you just decided that you, you know, you didn't realize that you should have changed the chain, right? Uh, that, and then you have yeah. a horrible race, you have a terrible drive home, the vacation ends up sucking, right? You know, like that's it's just a you know for and to be something as small as that, right? Um, you know, can have an impact on on your whole weekend. Um, you know, whether you race or not, you know, we all like to travel to ride our bikes. So right, right. To get somewhere far away and have your bike not work is a bummer. Oh, yeah, major disappointing yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, that's
0: great. Great tip. I'm definitely going to try that, like, s- rotating through yeah. probably, like, three different chains. Like, well, when you leave, we can, you can buy a yeah, yeah. Chain, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, <clears throat> cool. So I guess, like, being the time of the year to think about new bikes and stuff, it's like there is that question of, like, do you put money into sort of maintaining your bike and we kind of sort of mentioned this a little bit already but or do you look at making the new purchase and I'm fully on board with what you said about that concept of like your bike value kind of degrades pretty rapidly and over the last twenty years of racing for myself, it's like every year you get a new bike, which seems extravagant, and mm-hmm. and I definitely feel lucky. But well, we get
1: teased about it. Yeah, we get teased.
0: Oh, you got a brand new bike! Come right, oh, you every year. So lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it, it's exactly like you said. It's like you get the bike for whatever you pay for it, and yep. then you, if you you sell it, usually a little less than what you paid for, but hopefully not a whole lot less because you've taken. If you maintain it, yeah. So if you do those things, you replace the right. tires,
2: brake pads, exactly. Um, keeping your bike clean
1: yeah wash your bike that's a big but one exactly. clean
2: your clean your bikes please people like yeah. I, I mean I, i'll do it for you i'll charge you to do it. <laughs> but if you just spray it down clean it up we have all this dust and silt out here and it literally turns into this like microscopic frame eating bearing wears everything yeah metal eating yeah. sandy goop yeah um and if you just you know I mean, you don't have to hose it with like a car wash, but just get it clean, wipe it down, try to keep the components right. um, dust-free. Uh, they'll like it. it will like it a lot more, and then you'll find yourself not pulling so much out of your pocket to keep, it, exactly. to keep it up. And
0: then when you go to sell your bike at the end of the year or the second year, it's worth it's, that much more. It's worth a lot more, yeah. and you
2: feel better about it. No one wants to you know, feel bad that they've sold somebody something that was in disrepair right. or wasn't work right. well. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, and then
0: you take that money, and like you said, then you do the math, and it's like it costs you 100 bucks a month, or even 200 bucks a month, I mean, and it's a really nice bike, and you got to race it. And how much fun did you have for Yeah, exactly. How bucks, much you know? fun did you have?
2: It's, 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 a, it's a different way to think about it, but that's kind of the way my mind's been trained for the past, I don't know, probably five or six years. Right. It's kind of like, wow, you know, like it really works for the racer. Let's say you're sponsored, obviously you get some sort of deal, but it works for the consumer, too. And, again, going back to the fact that we here in Denver at least have a really great used bike market. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Uh, or at least it's really great in the sense that you have an avenue to, to get rid of bikes. It's not always that you're going to pick up the best one. Um, that And that's the other thing, too. I'd rather have people educated and have their bikes be great and be really great bikes for the used market than some of the stuff that we see out there. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, doing the right thing and knowing that it's the best thing to do is... To, Take care of your stuff for yourself and then for the next person is important.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think people get overwhelmed about reselling their bike Mm -hmm. and so they just hold on to it. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I would feel that way. Cody has taken care of all of it, but you've never had a problem. You've listed it on Craigslist or eBay. Yeah. In today's world, what are your tips? Yeah, tips. I mean,
0: in today's world, it's so much easier. I mean, I remember back when I was like a teenager. And racing and it was like, okay, how did I get the next bike? Well it's always like, I go to my mom first, right? It's like, <laughs> Mom, I got this great idea. I'm gonna sell this bike that I have now and then you're gonna loan me some money so I can buy the next <laughs> yeah. greatest bike and then <laughs> and then when I sell that bike eventually and you'd have to hey, put up back. flyers like in the bike shops yeah. or like the newspaper or ad do the or swap whatever. Swap me or yeah. whatever, the and bell you, swap. Yeah, or... and th- selling it that way you'd get next to nothing. And then you know you'd give that money back to to my mom, and then I have to like pay her back over you know so many months or whatever. And it was like this big thing. It's fun. She's like, sounds great. <clears throat> right? Yeah. As every year, she would like roll her eyes and, and be like, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> so thank you, mom, if you're listening. I appreciate the support over the years. <laughs> now it's very easy though, because with Craigslist you've got and Craigslist, eBay you've and got Facebook, yeah, and you know, Facebook exactly. There's yeah.
2: Great marketplaces on Facebook and Nextdoor and yeah. you name it, Pinkbike and right. all these other. Um, online outlets and did.
0: if you're into cycling and racing or even just riding with groups it's like you meet people through those avenues well and too. the other
2: thing that's kind of strange and i'm sure you can agree cody it was like back when we were racing but you're still racing a lot more than i am now but back in the day you were weird you know like it wasn't cool to ride bikes. true time. yeah you know like it wasn't like, now, like, riding bikes is, like, snowboarding or surfing. It's, like, something that you... It's yeah. Like you see it on commercials. It's way more TV. accepted. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, a really actually cool <laughs> thing. When we were doing it, it wasn't cool. No, we were a goofy. So like, we had no one... I mean, you only had other nerds like us that would want right. to buy our bikes. Now you've got everybody thinking it's cool, and people who are moving in from out of state here in yeah. Colorado. Good like, point, yeah. Like, oh, man, I want to be cool, like, my neighbor. Right.
1: Well, and, like, and, uh, the youth coming up to right. ride, like... I think that's a huge yeah. avenue yeah. to sell your used bike because a parent doesn't want to spend $5,000 on it. a new sure, yeah. bike but they're going to pay Cody $3,500 for his really right. good right. used bike yeah. and they they win something he wins something and That's a great point. That's yeah. a great
2: point. We 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 push people to that direction too. It's like, "Hey, you know, what am I going to do with my old bike?" It's like well, you know, there's a bunch of Nike racers out oh, there there's who would 2000, love 2,500 yeah. kids. Well, I think I saw that Kansas added, Ohio added, yeah, yeah just, I just saw that yep. Nebraska. yeah, Nebraska. So there's a bunch there's of there's so many
1: kids, and there's space. not a lot of use bikes out there yeah, right. for that group and so like sell your bikes guys and right. then come down here and get a new one and
2: feel good about it too because you know you're going to get another kid into a sport that maybe he was never going to have an opportunity yeah. to yeah. get into and if so. they have
0: a little better bike they're going to be that much more stoked because yeah. it rides Tor- better and everything right. So
2: they don't wind up with dad's 1987 Schwinn <laughs> right. and it just sucks <laughs> and then he's like I'm not doing this mountain bike thing this is dumb
0: exactly
1: um so,
0: exactly. Um, I would
1: probably pounded that point in, but yeah. it, it just seems to work. It's it like, does. Don't be afraid to
0: turn your bike. Take go, care of it. Number your one, bike. Yeah. and then turn it over as frequently as you're
2: financially capable.
0: Yeah, as your budget will allow. And yeah. I would say two years, you know, is probably the limit. I think after two years the value really starts to plummet. And I
2: guess I was, I'd would like to express why that is. It's not so much that the bike isn't any good, obviously, because right. we're telling you to give it to someone else. But the,
0: is it the technology? It's just, yeah, that?
2: future-proofing yourself. Yeah. And, I mean, and we're at the mercy of that. It's like all this new electronic drivetrain stuff's coming out, which has been out for a while on the mm-hmm. road side, but now we're looking at wireless drivetrains on the mountain bike side. And it's kind of like, I think... And this first, will be the
0: first year, like, OEM, like, out right, of the Right, it's out of the right? box. Yeah. We've
2: already pulled several Scott bikes out of the box that it's like... Oh my god, this is cool! We actually had a couple of bikes we upgraded um, right mm. out of the box. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so it's just like I kind of did my okay. eye roll thing. Like, okay, here we go another another freaking thing. Right. Here right. we go. What's next? Right. Blah blah blah. How could this be any good? no nah nah, nah nah. The whole curmudgeon-y thing that a lot of <laughs> us do. Right. Uh, and then you get your hands on it, yeah, and it's okay. just like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can and talk about. I think and this is just a theory, so don't take my word for it yet. But I think. <laughs> That the whole chain and drivetrain thing we were talking about will probably be slightly better okay. with the electronic shifting in the rear because it's more precise. Okay, we're taking out the human overshift. Yeah, and the human mm. um, tendency to maybe ride their bike out of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the bike will stay in adjustment better because there's no cable to, to get corroded yeah. or to right. stretch or to fail, um, and that housing doesn't get dirty and doesn't get compressed and stretched out. So. Um, there's going to be a lot of cool things that come from it, and, I, and I'll tell you now. It's like I get guys and girls who come in and want to buy a road bike without disc brakes. Right. It's like, well, good luck because yeah. it's really hard to find a bike without disc brakes today. So right. You better right. get on board. So that whole future proofing thing is really where we see our bikes lose value. It's just that it's just a, it's not that the bike isn't any
0: good. The industry's progressing. Correct. And you almost, you have to kind of stay on that wave. Correct. Yeah. And I
2: hate to compare it to cell phones because I don't like my phone that much. It's definitely a useful tool, but. You know, if you sit on a phone for too long, it's like you are missing some things, and then you got to go in and buy the brand new one, and it costs more. Duh, right, da, da, da. right. You, um, luckily good. for you, you know, like you, you can't really sell your cell phone. Um, I guess maybe <laughs> you can. You just kind of turn it in. And I don't even know. Every yeah, time I just get a new one, and I pay more money every month. Yeah, I use mine until it breaks. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. But um, the, the technology can be kind of the same. So if you're sitting on a bike that's seven years old, think about the phone you had seven years ago. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: Way kind outdated. Kind of the same thing. You could barely get survive without it. Your picture
2: it. would look. The pictures look terrible. Right. Texting You'd have to all. text
0: like the, yeah, predictive text or whatever <laughs> or whatever it was.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that new access electronic drivetrain stuff's cool, and then RockShox just came out with an electronic Bluetooth dropper, which I have yet to really got, get to play with. I mean, I've
0: I got to play with it. Did you? Yeah, la- this last year. I think it looks it's amazing. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, let's um, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards the you guys end, keep yeah. No, we like ahead. we won't. We'll talk about the cool, exciting stuff coming up, but. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of, like you said, pounded that in the ground.
1: Yeah, Uh, we're passionate about it, obviously, but... um,
0: Keep your equipment up to date, and you're just going to be thankful down the road when it works for you on your important race days and stuff. So, um, what else were we going to talk about? Um, Maybe we're to the point of the latest stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, what do you... um,
1: Oh, did you go down your list? There? Well,
0: yeah, I think we just in discussion we covered most of it, minus like the clothing aspect, I suppose, because I think the same thing goes for like your chamois. Like, let's not oh,
1: gosh. wear
0: our chamois to death. And funny, we see this all the time,
1: uh, all the time, yeah. in
0: our studio because people come in and they train. And I'll give some break on that inside because I'll do the same thing. I'll like use last year's kit. For training indoors the next year, yeah, but if know.
1: I can see your butt crack, well, that's the rule. <laughs> yeah, your...
2: we
0: got a problem. Here. If you're stretching if the light, yeah, there. if it's like so been washed thin.
1: so many times, I can see your butt crack. I think it's yeah. that chamois cannot possibly be comfortable. in yeah. yeah,
0: and that goes for all the clothes. I mean, shoes. I mean, even helmets have yeah. a lifespan. For and, sure. I mean, a helmet. here um,
1: you need to be looking at that.
2: If you go down, you need to take a close look. And if yeah. you don't think you have the eye for it, you need to take it to someone who does. Cause yeah. All those things can get tattered and torn and blown up, and you know, a helmet's not a place to really sacrifice. I mean, if you tear a hole in your shorts and you want to run around right. with your butt hanging out, that's that's you. your call. Yeah, <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> you might have many riding. We'd all appreciate if you changed them, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, from a bike fit standpoint, we're going to talk about a little bit of that. What I do, but I, I see people all the time come in and they're like, "I just started to develop numbness, and I'm getting chafing," and I'm like, well, "What's changed?" They're like, "Well, really nothing." I was like, well, "Were you injured? Did you know something occur?" I'm like. Well, when was the last time you replaced your shorts or your 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 bibs?
0: Yeah, which no one would really think of that. You're as like, like, well, I think
2: I bought these seven years ago. Right. Oh my it's god. Like, well, first of all, seven years ago they weren't nearly as good, and now they're just, seven years I'm old.
1: Second, you're disgusting. Yes. Right. <laughs>
2: Let's just
0: add on. Yeah. The there's fact. the hygienic factor, <laughs> the but then there's like the actual like chamois pad compresses yeah. and loses I mean, density and think about the seat of the car of from yeah. Uh,
2: that you own that's brand new now versus a car seat yeah. that's 15 years old right. it's all saggy and soggy you feel the springs in the bottom right, right. kind of the same situation so yeah definitely replacing that gear is, is important yeah you know what you bought 7 years ago that cost you $150, $200 for a good bib now you could probably get better quality bib for 100 bucks.
0: right that is true well, like even if you is just
1: decide to buy the super expensive bibs right I mean, you're going to be in that a lot, and right. you want to be comfortable. You want to feel good and yeah, I, look good. I would rather yeah. have like a three or four really nice bike kits and then wear Target clothes around. Yes, because I value being comfortable on my bike, and I value being on my bike often. And I don't really care what I wear around. Yeah, for me, it's um, yeah, similar. That's just it's my like, personal opinion. Yeah, I want to get
0: excited when I'm like, okay, let's get dressed. And I look like, good. Oh, I love this clothes. Damn, yeah, it I feels look good. good. Uh-huh. It looks good. Yeah. And,
2: well, and there's a couple of other safety things, too. With a lot of the clothing now, they've got a lot of reflective stuff built in. Mm-hmm. And we all know that no one's paying attention out on the pavement. Nope. So if, you know, you're caught, you know, at dusk or dark, you know, a lot. you might not even recognize it if you bought clothing. It probably has some of those aspects built into it that your old clothing didn't. Right. So Good point. You know, just to
1: tag along with that, uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago when Cody and Sophia and I were riding home from the Back to Basics Cross Racing Golden, it turned dark before... We realized it was going to. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was like freaking out. Yeah. It was so scary, and we hadn't prepared. We yeah. didn't have lights on our bikes. Uh, we just had sort of normal clothes. So there's some reflective gear sure. on it. Um, to people, it, the, it's fall. Officially fall now. So yeah. think about lights on your bike. Headlights finding and, your warm oh, clothes. Yeah, finding your warm clothes. Nice like stuff, Just plan ahead for that because yeah. it yeah. was so scary. I, I thought we were going to get hit by a car. Well,
2: and on the topic of lights, too, because, you know, unfortunately we hear about it all the time, people getting hit. You know, we have daytime running lights on our cars now. You know, a lot of those brakes, brake lights, you'll see the brake light will flash as a car comes to a stop. That's because people aren't paying attention. And so, you know, i starting to see it more and more where we have road cyclists. I see them during the day with lights. their daytime lights Yeah, on. yeah. And there's a daytime setting on most of these modern lights. So, uh, you know, it is important to be able to see at night and for people to be able to see you at night, but it's almost more important for them to be able to see you during the day. Yeah. That's when that's they're a good the point. most distracted and that's where there's most opportunity for there to be more people on the road that could crush you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It so is getting scary. Running a good tail light that's got you know high. Do you got vis- a
1: pre- preferred brand?
2: Uh, light and Motion makes a great one. We carry their stuff here in stock. Um, I, I I really like their stuff. Okay, I, okay. I, light I motion. just light um, and then, you know, it can double as your mountain bike light when like light gets slow and you want to go out for a ride. It's still at seven decent. Yeah, yeah, it's still great. You know, a thousand-lumen light will Oh, be okay, out. okay. Um, I like to run it on my helmet for night riding, and I also like to run it on my helmet during the day, too, because then I can look at somebody who's not paying attention to me and get their attention. Yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. Okay. That happens? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they're just completely oblivious.
0: But... Cool. All right. Um, yeah, let's touch on... This was sort of my idea of, like... Maybe all three of us, we toss in two or three of like the things we're most excited about, new technology or new stuff. This will be challenging for oh, Kathy. I, I have no idea. <laughs> She's <but> not <laughs> a tech like, up to. This
1: is going to be I just get her whatever
0: she needs and she goes
1: for it. Well, I do want some new wool socks. I told you that.
0: New wool socks.
1: <laughs> well, we, I went riding at 11 and it's hard to believe now because it's sunny, but it was freezing Cold, yeah. and I couldn't find my, my socks that I wanted. Yeah. I think my daughter stole them. And so, yeah, he came home from his ride, and I'm like, okay, I need some high-tech, you like the thin, I like wool. thin wool yeah. socks, and they have to be like the higher ones. Yeah. so like, right. I need to just buy a few pairs. Like, sure. I'm not ready for this winter ride, fall riding even right. yet. Right. Okay. So that's how technical I am I about these <laughs> <do> socks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love it.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah you don't really follow. No, text, I don't. Uh, you just kind of
1: what? Well, okay, we'll just go, another silly yeah. thing is that I didn't have the right glasses for today either. It was cloudy, and oh, yeah. I
0: the lenses. You mean? Well, I didn't know how to
1: change the lenses. This is like a really embarrassing <laughs> segment. Um, I didn't know how to change the lenses, and I was frustrated, so I had to wear the normal ones. Okay. That's
0: okay. Well, one thing I could
2: suggest is the hundred percents that we have out there. They have a uh-huh. photochromic um, uh, setup, which is a really good. Um, for crumb, means that it changes color right. for you, and it darkens as it's dark, or as it's light, and it darkens yeah. as it, or it lightens as it gets dark <laughs> <Right. laughs> to clear. Easy for you um, to say. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, during the peak of summer, it's probably not dark enough, I don't mm-hmm. think. I didn't feel as though it was, oh, but okay. for this time of year, when it is kind of, like, darker, grayer, gloomier, and you don't want to pull over and switch the lenses, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a super cheap way to go. You know, they run up towards the 200 bucks, but... Um, it is kind of a cool piece of technology. That
1: well, it's cool too. Like here, when you're going through a canyon, yeah. it's darker, and then you pop out of the canyon, yeah. and True, now yeah. you're in a lighter area. Sure, I've
2: been compromised before, where it's like blaring sun, and then all of a sudden you dive into the, the tree and you're like yeah, mountain biking for sure. I yeah. can't see
1: anything. Right, right. Like blare the bear kind right, of what's situation. Going, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what's going on here? Okay, yeah. well, that's good. Okay, there I have two. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, Got sunglasses and socks. We're all here <laughs> her <off>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
0: what about you, Justin? Like, okay. what some of the, you know the most probably of all of us. Yeah, like he's the cool The new one. stuff yeah. coming out. Well, I have to, right?
2: I guess I have to. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of touched on it. that you know, The electronic shifting is, is really, really cool. Yeah, um, I would agree. I, you know, for the past couple of years, we've really talked about SRAM being the go-to component manufacturer. It's not because I don't like Shimano. It's just that they kind of left Shimano behind a little bit. This year, Shimano's g- got to come back. Uh, they they're, came back with, uh, with a 12-speed full, you know, I think it's 9, yeah. 10 by 51 uh, rear cassette. Have you so. seen, have you, do you have yeah, seen on the I believe shop? Yeah, we've got an XTR bike with XTR XT it's pretty right? good. I mean, we saw a little XTR last year, but that was about it. So now we've got um, XT and um, SLX okay. available um, in that 12-speed uh, variation. So we have a bunch of Scott bikes that have been on there. So I'm really excited to see that. I'm excited to see the new, um, uh, gravel grupo from Shimano oh yeah the um, GRX GRX yeah, G-S- is, yeah. GSR or GSX something like that okay uh, I should know so don't beat <laughs> me up if you guys want to call me and say hey you don't know what you're talking about um, but yeah I'm excited to see that too so we'll start seeing some of those bikes trickle in with that there on it okay. but um, um, gosh I don't know um, I'm excited about my new dirt jumper because we got our pump track that's outside.
1: So.
0: Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. You guys built the pump track right outside the front door here. Yeah, so we've got
2: a little pump track on the side. Now I've got my own bike to ride on it. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be fun. But okay. we
1: never really mentioned what kind of bike cycling you like
2: to do. Yeah. So I'm kind of more in, you know, I like to mountain bike. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I prefer to ride mountain bikes where I'm having fun on the way up and not killing myself. Okay. And then enjoying finding a really weird way or in a creative way to get down really fast okay that's kind of my preference like figuring
0: out the best line. yeah just like
2: looking at the whole trail scouring it maybe not even looking right at the trail itself Mm
0: -hmm. and using
2: parts of the trail that you know other people wouldn't okay um, to to find really cool and uh, creative lines yeah so. And
1: when you were racing in the you said late '90s, early '2000s, what early were you 2000s, racing?
2: Um, I was racing downhill, four-cross, okay. and slalom. Um, unfortunately, four-cross and slalom aren't around anymore. Yeah,
0: actually, they had slalom at nationals. Yeah they, it? It? Yeah, they oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they had that course. It was. It was cool. I don't know how many people took part in it, but it, yeah, yeah. everyone should have done it. It's <laughs> that It scared me yeah. a little bit. Divash. It's
2: pretty cool. Like I would, uh, I would like to do that again. Yeah, I would love. That. And all that stuff comes back around, you know. Like just it does, with yeah. fashion. All those racing disciplines kind of kind of find the resurface. Right. So I'm hoping that someday that stuff resurfaces. But yeah, so it would be like a full weekend. You know, you'd be mm-hmm. racing downhill, practicing downhill on Friday, um, practicing the four cross and slalom course on Saturday, trying to get a couple runs in for downhill to race on Sunday. And it was just a, was a lot of work. Yeah, you know. that would be a lot of work. Three sure. disciplines in a week. I guess it's like triathlon. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but triathlon is <spread> <laughs> like mountain bikes. Right. Something. <laughs> that's really um, cool. So that's fun. But for now, it's just kind of trying to find time to ride the bike. We're so busy here right now. Right. Um, and it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, but I've been riding the e-bike a lot, too, and I know that's a touchy subject for a lot of oh people. Oh, no. I mean, well, I think fine. it's grown. Yeah, the, that that's, uh, segment is huge. Where do you take your e-bike? Everywhere. Everywhere that I normally would ride my, like my normal bike. commuting and riding? Yeah, so that's, riding, a, that's and, a cool point. You know, yeah. like we live out towards Lone Tree, so Lone Tree to here is probably... 15 miles of straight line mm-hmm. uh, but i've been riding the backcountry trails and in, in Highlands ranch so i'm getting like 15 20 miles of off-road trail riding and then kind of gravel and road into yeah. the shop and then turning around and doing it all the way back home um, and not having to shower when i get here yeah because right. I mean, you're not so I'm not sweaty super sweaty i shouldn't say it's not like it, it definitely is work but where i do like to ride it most is, is like deer creek or some of the front range trails but it just opened up more riding. Um, I mean, like, if I go up one section of trail, I get to do twice the amount of riding I would do if I were on a traditional bike. Right. Um, it just, you can ride further. Um, yeah. I have a whole philosophy on it. If you guys want to come down and talk to me about it, I'll, I'll tell you all Well,
1: right. I love the community aspect the most, probably, yeah. but um, I've not had experience with an e-bike on a trail, so I can't speak to that.
2: The trail's really fun. So it's like if you're, let's say you're super fast like Cody and your average speed is like 11, 12 miles an hour. Cody on an e-bike is going to be like 15, 16 (laughs) miles an hour. Yeah. Um, His heart rate is probably going to be somewhere in the same range if he's pushing it as hard. Yeah, because you're still working hard. You're still working really hard. Right. um, Because you can change the amount of assist that you get. So, you know, like if you go do Falcon and you do repeats and you go up twice or three times, maybe that's your day, Mm -hmm. double it. Right. You know, or go up Falcon. I know we may be talking about trails that people don't know on, on the podcast, but... Go up Falcon, drop down there, go up there, drop down Falcon, go up. You know, you can oh, just wow. yeah. you just get more time on the trail is what yeah. I'm finding. And because my time's so limited right now, that is precious. So okay. I've I've been having a good really time cool. with it. So.
0: cool, yeah. So when you have a day free, you can like make the most yeah, of it. Yeah, you can make a big day instead of
2: or I can feel better about it too. Like if I wanted to, and this is my goal for next year, is to take a couple days um, throughout the week or throughout the month and just leave for here from the shop, ride to Deer Creek. I could just mm-hmm. ride from here. I don't have to mess with the car. Yeah, packing up. I don't have packing. to pack it up, yeah. set it, drive, park in the parking lot, get all my stuff on, get up, come down, take That's all my point. stuff up. Yeah. So I can just ride from here directly to the trail, probably get up, do a loop, come down within less than two hours. Yeah, That's awesome. And it would be the, probably the same time frame it would take me to do it on a traditional bike, but have to drive. Right. So I know I can ride to the trailhead.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Does the bikery sell e-bikes?
2: We do. We've got uh, a, a nice demo fleet of uh, Scott Geniuses, so they're 150 mil travel, full-blown, real deal go-
1: mountain, bike. mountain bike. Yeah,
2: yeah, with the pedal assist. Yeah. yeah, so that um, would be
0: pretty fun, probably to ride. And it, <laughs> I
2: encourage everyone to do it. Um, it is kind of addictive once you is it? try it. You're <laughs> I can like, see that. "Wow, this is pretty cool." Okay. Right, right. Then you're like, "Well, what else can I do with this?" Then you kind of start thinking outside the box. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a new way. I mean, obviously, most shops are carrying them. but uh, And we do have all of our demo uh, geniuses on sale. So if you want to take one out for a spin and pick it up, you're going to get a smoking deal. There you
0: go. Okay. Yeah, definitely.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Okay,
0: what about you, kid? Uh, tech-wise, I mean, for me, um, I'd probably mirror Justin's with the whole uh, electronic shifting road or um, mountain. I got to use the Axis. Eagle on my mountain bike last year, and I will say it was like it really was like a game changer. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I've I've had Di2 from the other company from Shimano <clears throat> over the years, and I thought it was great. It, it worked fine, but I never thought like people would ask me, "What do you think?" And I'd be like, "It it works great. It's nice. It's cost you know it's expensive." But do, do you really need it? Probably not. Like I would almost say, invest your money in a better set of wheels or yeah. something like that. It was a little underwhelming. Yeah, I think, you know? yeah. And then there's
2: cabling, and there's batteries exactly. live inside the bar, inside the frame. Yeah, device.
0: there was too many extra.
2: A lot details. more happening than, than Well, at the, at the time, that's the only way it worked. Right, you know? right. But now how but, simplistic? Yeah, this
0: is. it was amazing. Like it was actually fun to like set it up. It took literally like five minutes to set up. You know, bolt the derailleur on the bike, pair the shifter and the derailleur, and. But, couple of adjustments, yeah, and then you're good. I didn't have to touch it once all season, which was amazing. Um, yeah, and then there's just so many different options. You know, it's, like, tunable to yeah. how you want to use, you know, how many how it shifts up and down if you hold the button versus, like, push Click, it clip, clip. repeatedly or, um, you know, what side of the bar you want the shifter on yeah. and all those sorts of things. Um,
2: it's, it's really
0: cool. It's yeah.
2: unique. And the other thing that's cool, too, is, I mean, like, if you look at an exo shifter and derailleur, uh, at retail, it's $200 for the shifter, 500 for the derailleur. So if you have a 12-speed bike and you wanted to make that upgrade, it's not a real big push. Yeah. And it's literally something that can happen within...
0: Because on the mountain bike side... Almost seconds. It's the same cassette, same, same chain, process, just, same just chain the shifter and the derailleur. Yeah. yeah.
2: You basically disconnect the chain. Actually, I saw a video. The guy did it in like less than two and a half minutes. Oh, really? The whole yeah. swap? The whole deal. <laughs> wow. I and mean, he was all electronic. Yeah, like I
0: could one. believe it. Yeah. And then along similar lines, that seat post that you mentioned earlier, the that uh, RockShox reverb, that reverb yeah. axis, yeah, that worked flawlessly for me as well. Um, and what I liked about that, again, super, super simple installation because you have to yeah. route cables through the frame because that's still like the most maddening thing to me is all the internal like brake lines yeah. and dropper lines, the hydraulic lines. Um, so do not have to do that, and then for cross country nerds, it's nice because you can pop that out for a non technical course or something you don't need the dropper. Mm, correct. And put your straight post in, save a half a pound, and it's, as long as your seat post is marked correctly, which <laughs> yes. I had an issue with <laughs> the that. Prefer a backfill story. <laughs> um, you can just swap. In and out, which yeah. is really super cool,
2: and that—that's the biggest. I think that's a huge selling point. Yeah. Or if you have multiple bikes, or oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so thought it's about like, that. Oh well, I don't need to buy a dropper
1: for every single one of my right. bikes. I just have same one. Same dropper. Yeah. As long as you have the same same term, diameter seat tube, yeah. you can just swap back had and had forth. Two nerds talking uh-huh. to each other.
0: <laughs> 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 no, that's that's a very good selling point for sure. Yeah. Um, again, it's expensive, but it is the latest technology, well, and if it's, it's what you love, it's what yeah, you love. That's yeah. where you put your money. Yeah, definitely, but. Cool stuff there. Well, cool. We're getting near the end here, but I want to touch on kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Once you have your new bike, or even your existing bike, and you want to prepare for next year, I think you know making sure you're fit to that bike is pretty critical, Um, especially for newer cyclists. Someone like me, I have a pretty good feel of exactly how I need to set things up. It doesn't mean I don't need to go see a bike fitter once a year, Um, but for a newer cyclist, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean...
2: Yeah, whether you've been doing it for a long time um, and you you know, like Cody and I, I've got a pretty good solid understanding of where I need to be. I know my saddle height, I know kind of what my reach needs to be. Um, my fore and aft in the saddle, sometimes I have a little t- trouble with. Uh, I can always get my cleats in the right spot because I have a technique for that. Okay. Um, but for those who don't have any of that experience and, and haven't had to do it with a new bike every year, you get pretty good at things if you're doing right. it once a year it's, and you've done it yeah. for 20 years. Uh, you can get good at it but if you haven't had that you know you come in and pick up a bike from us or you have your current bike and you want to get fit it's extremely important you know I, uh, I and really it goes it goes really unnoticed and um, I think the mountain bike community is uh, underserved um, it's it's self-inflicted <laughs> because they just don't think it's necessary right um, you know I, I compare it to buying you know you're buying this luxury suit you know that should be custom tailored you know, you buy going and buy a six thousand dollar whatever suit i don't i don't have a really nice suit but I don't this. <laughs> that's what you're uh, wearing right yeah, now. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah right totally yeah know of course I, I dressed up for this um but you know that's essentially what we're buying but we're you know we're buying them like sweatpants you know like oh i'm a medium right right cool well you know, that that's great, but that looks terrible. You know you're, you know they're all baggy around the waist and they're hanging down over your feet. and you know, right. It's similar to that. So you know you buy a mountain bike. There's a lot of things we can change. A lot of things we can look at. Um, you know, looking at stem length, looking at bar width, um, the controls on the bike. You know, because we're doing such hard work to k- keep our hands on the bars when it gets technical or you're, you become fatigued. Just having your controls in the wrong spot. Um, can really impact you know how fatigued your upper body gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I talk to people a lot about that. We focus and spend a lot of time on that. Um, saddle height, aft in the saddle, um, knee position, cleat position. Um, you know, a lot of people are wearing flats now. They're not running clipless pedals anymore. So there's some things to talk about there too. Are so you
0: like your setup might change slightly. Correct. Right. Of that. Yeah. It,
2: it, it almost stinks because there's a little less I can do because I I can't just pinpoint all the little. The little motions with yeah. a flat pedal but there's a lot of good things that come with flat pedals too but um, it's really important and I, it's, I think you don't have to talk too much on it to road cyclists or gravel riders because they just know how important it is mm-hmm. they've been told for eons and decades that that's, right, that's right. something you need to focus on mountain bikes just really haven't had that conversation and haven't been talked to like that um and at the same time we ch- check your suspension sag talk to you about how you know is your rebound set up right you know is your bike acting the way that it should there you know you know aside from maybe a tri bike having being as complicated as it is a mountain bike is just next to that or maybe in some cases yeah and i don't think people think of that they don't because
0: exactly like you said the suspension piece is huge yeah
2: you've got a dropper post now you know so now we can actually get your seat height to the right height back in the day when we just had you know solid posts we had to kind of compromise some saddle height a little bit so a lot of guys would Guys and gals would run their saddles just a half inch, sometimes an inch too low. Um, So now we can put your saddle up to where you're getting optimal power. Um, So really paying attention, that's important. Um, We do that here in house, and you know we offer a a free basic fit with every bike you purchase. Um, And then just kind of gives me a great opportunity to get to know somebody, and then also them to get to know their bike uh, because. You know, it's too often that people buy a bike online, or they buy a bike Mm -hmm. from a shop, Mm -hmm. and it's you know, it's a turnkey thing. They just grab it, they go, and they just live with it. Yeah. And they don't even sometimes know what they're living with. Um, So help to kind of forge a relationship there. Um, I have a little bit more um, old school approach to fitting. I mean, you know, the the fitter can be the tool, or the fitter can utilize tools. Uh, I do a little bit of both, Uh, but more often than not, it's me getting the person talking. And having them tell me what's going on, right? Right. right. Uh, So if somebody's coming in with a new bike, or not even necessarily a new bike, probably more so an older bike, getting them to be honest, hey, my back is really killing me, or I'm having some soft tissue pain, or my left toe goes numb in 30 minutes. Right. um, People won't be honest a lot of times. It, It takes the right person to be able to get people to speak on things that are are wrong. Yeah, of, why
1: don't why don't you think people want to be honest? Are they embarrassed?
2: Either they really are to to almost to a point where they're like whoa, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or yeah. or they're 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 just maybe they're embarrassed or they don't know how to describe it. Sometimes yeah. it's a personal thing. There's some private parts that can come into play oh right like uh, my left testicle yeah like my left testicle goes numb. <laughs> how do i overcome this they're not going to necessarily come right out of the box they're going to come through my my curtain and say my testicles numb. No. you know that, that well, maybe you
1: should have like a printout of a body and they circle yeah like there the parts. there is there is that i've
2: used that tool before too but I, more often than not i can kind of get into that conversation with them and I know the right things to ask and how to get them to kind of dive deep into to some stuff. But other times too is you know tough tough guy tough girl you know mm-hmm. I race I'm tough right you know, this is part of it you know
0: so what like, if my whole right arm is numb that's just racing <laughs> yeah screw it. you know I, I, I've done level ten times and right. every time it's been numb mm-hmm.
2: wow okay what if you could do level and your arm wasn't numb right you know um, so it's, you know it's, sometimes it's that tough guy you got to break through tough girl break through that exterior and and chip away. At, you know, get down to the foundation of what's really wrong. That's what makes a good fitter. I can most of the time do it, all the time. Um, And that's what I think if you go in and see your local bike shop, if they've got a fitter. It's really, what does that interaction feel like? When you were talking about going to the chiropractor or going to the physical therapist, you didn't, you guys just sat there and talked. And they made you feel better. Uh, You know, it's not all smoke and mirrors like that. We're definitely gonna make some changes to your bike probably. Um, But then also, like Cody touched on with training, we're going to listen, I need you to tell me, and we're going to listen to your body, and your body's going to tell us what's wrong. I mean, no machine, I mean, a machine can show me, like, oh, look at this alignment, but that might not even be an issue, maybe on the whole other side of the body. So I want to hear you tell me what's what's happening, and then we want to kind of coach through it. And that's what I also tell people, too, is it's not like the first fit is going to be the final fit, right? and it certainly won't be your last fit. So... We all get older. We right. all have job changes. We all become sedentary. Then we become active. We have kids. Then you know, our kids go to school. You know, so things change in our lives. Our bike just sits there. and It's static. It just stays the yeah, way that it was. Yeah, that's a great point. Definitely. So, so you know, don't think that the first fit you get is the last fit you get. Yeah. Uh, and don't be afraid to say, hey, you know what? I got fit three years ago, and it sucked. I didn't like it. It didn't work. And I tell people that too. Look, I'm not. The best at everything. I don't always get it right. You got to tell me, you know. Even if you like me, right. you got to let me know <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it right. So, let me know.
0: Yeah, those are good points. That's the approach.
1: Yeah, I think people get hesitant to do a bike fit, just like they get hesitant to buy a new chamois. Yeah, like they've. It's like they spent five thousand dollars on a new bike, and they don't want to spend any more money. But right. it's like just spend a little bit more money and be really perfect. ready to go. Right. Yeah. And sometimes
2: too, and I've had these experiences where. A guy or a girl comes in, and, and they're really hesitant about doing it, and it's, and you kind of get into the weeds with them, and they're like, you know, it's really just because the last time I went to a bike shop, it sucked. Yeah. I didn't have fun there. They were mean, or they, they kind of insulted me, or they made me feel like I wasn't important, and I just wanted to get out of it. Right. I just wanted to grab my bike, and I wanted to go. And, yeah. and so, you know, there's there can be some of those experiences, too. Um, we hope we're not creating those, but... Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I think you're really easy to talk to. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So,
2: All right. anyways, that's my fit talk.
1: Cool. I love it. Yeah. Get your bike fit, people. Yeah,
0: I think it's a good way to kind of sum it up. I mean, really, it's, it is that time of year. <clears throat> thinking ahead to next year. Get your equipment sorted out. Make sure it fits you properly. Make sure things aren't going numb. And, um, and then you're going to be that much more better prepared because... As we get into later in the fall and early winter, it's like you want to then have your focus on training to the best of your abilities right. and not still trying to figure out what wheels you're going to end up with or what bike or whatever. Um,
2: I will say one thing real yeah. quick is that if you do buy a bike this time of year, let's say you get your brand new dream bike, uh, we're going to fit you now, but we're going to fit you again when things get, you get active again. Mm. So whether we all want to think we're going to ride it crazy through the winter, a lot of times we just don't mm-hmm. and the bike our body kind of contorts and changes a little bit Yeah. or like maybe we just pick up our tightens skis. Up a little or whatever. Yeah, we pick yeah. up our skis and the bike sits in the garage. Well, when we get back to riding the bike again, it's not going to feel the same. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's important to do if you're a really active rider and you do put it away and you have other things you do through the winter, is to kind of re- reanalyze that. I like
1: that idea. Yeah. Well, especially if you like you're like lifting weights all all winter, winter and then your your body's stronger and different and, and different, for
2: sure
0: different. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, whatever it is, it's different than it was. Six the, bike's the same yeah
2: the bikes the same and but you're not right so maybe you
0: have more muscles maybe you have less muscle maybe you're more flexible <laughs> you know that, yeah right? <laughs> that, that's
2: very true I've seen that I've seen that firsthand
0: yeah interesting okay that's a good tip so uh, very good well we appreciate your your time sure. um, for this and it's awesome. yeah so the Bikery at the Brewery, it's on Santa Fe, for those that live in the Denver area. Santa Fe and...
2: And uh, Brewery Lane. Brewery uh, Lane, which is in
0: between... 2994
2: Brewery Lane, okay. Littleton, Colorado, 80120. Okay. And our phone number is 303-848-3700. Uh, uh, okay. And website? Yep. Uh, biker at the, the Bikery, beer. So mm-hmm. B-E-E-R. Okay. And if you guys want to shoot an email to me, it's Justin at beer.
0: Okay, and then Instagram is also bikery.beer. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. because we got that all the time when you first started up, and we would be tagging you guys in our photos of our bikes and stuff, and people are like, what is this your beer. beer thing yeah. yeah
2: I mean it was cool we found out that that was actually something that you could use I'm like oh we're definitely doing that yeah yeah why not I just, that goes hand in hand <laughs>
0: yeah it makes sense with bikes and beer yeah Breckridge sure, Brewery people get a free beer
1: when they buy a bike
0: we'll figure something out okay, okay. well I, Kyle showed me you guys had like a we've got a fridge in this fridge, room and it's, fully stocked. It's,
2: you know unless it's been a great weekend there's he a had plans for golf. like a built in keg and yeah. all this yeah. stuff yeah we've got, uh, we've got and with the new build out we'll, there is no lack of beer if you need one I can get you one <laughs> okay very
0: good. Um, very good. Well, thank you again. Um, I think we can kind of leave it at that. So, Oh, actually, we just got to touch on our training program a little bit. We had such a good discussion going here. So going into, um, for those of you following our remote base builder program, uh, we're going into week seven of that. Um, we're still in phase one, which is the kind of introduction to strength training and that low heart rate aerobic foundation and adding some cyclocross or group rides for um, kind of once a week intensity if you want it. Um, progressions in the gym strength-wise um, is basically we're <clears throat> gradually now the final two weeks of this block we're going to start upping the weight as, as you're comfortable. So you follow what's in our spreadsheet um, building up. Um, I think next week you're going to build up to 75% of your one rep max in the first session and 80% of your one rep max um, in sets of three Um, in the second session so it's a little bit progressively heavier
1: yeah a little heavier we went to 70% this week on Monday and I was actually a little sore yesterday Um, but it was like four out of ten sore so if you were as well that's okay Um, I was also probably more sore than normal because I sat in the car driving to Fort Collins and back on Tuesday instead of riding my bike like normal so try to move the next day if it's like walking your dog a little longer Ready on your bike for an hour if that's all you have time for.
0: Right, right. So so for this coming week and the following week, the last week of this first phase, the concept in the weight room basically is the rep counts are getting smaller, but the weight is gradually getting heavier. So, again, listen to your body like we talked about earlier in the show of, you know, if it feels too heavy, then don't push it, right? Um, just keep it maybe where you are. But you should be able to make some small progressions to a little bit heavier weights because you're doing less Reps as we do that. Um, And so the goal of all this will be to identify what you're capable of lifting weights in our next phase with the new spreadsheet surrounding that. Um, That's really kind of the main part there. And the bike stuff, it's really just the final two weeks of this block. Um, Get out and ride. I mean, the weather, although we'll hear locally, we had a, a rainy day yesterday and this morning, but in general, it's still good fall, early fall weather. So get out and ride. We got lots of trainer time coming. So Get outside as much as you can now um, and get those easy, fun miles in, whether it's on your mountain bike or your road bike or whatever, um, and just accumulate the minutes of, you know, easy intensity riding so you'll be better prepared when we get into the second block with uh, when we start doing more intervals and such. So um, I think that kind of covers it there.
1: Yeah, just remind them of the forum.
0: Yeah, if you have any questions, um, send them to us. You can use our forum, endurance.session6.com. Slash forum, We're starting to get some good activity on there, so check it out. And if you have questions regarding anything we talked about today, equipment-wise or training or whatever, there's all different topics there you can do, and we do a pretty good job of answering those back. Um, and then you can also email us, as always, Cody at Session6.com, Cody with a C, or Kathy with a K at Session6.com. Um, those are our personal emails, and we usually get back to you the same day. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We'll leave it yeah, with... Yeah, don't be uh, afraid
1: to come by the bakery... At the brewery, if you're local, obviously Justin's fun and easy to talk to and yeah. knows his stuff. Get a yeah. new
0: Scott bike. We're excited about our new Scott bikes. Group. And if you're in from out
2: of town, it's another really good spot to hang out, too. Oh, that's true. We get right. tons of tourists. Yeah, the
0: brewery's super cool.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah the I food is Yeah, i heard guy when walk in and say, I'm going to give you the address to my hotel. Yeah. Was he, like, a renting a bike? bike? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, we, okay. we rent bikes, bikes here. So if you are local, too, and you've got somebody who uh, who want, you want to take out for a ride, they're not great. They're little cruisers. They're fun. I mean, they'll yeah. definitely get you down the Platte trail, but... You can always have so many family members swing in, and we can That's set fun.
0: you up. Yeah, that'd be super fun. Very good. Cool. And then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Podcasts. And if you can, leave us a five-star rating and a review if you feel uh, feel inclined to do yeah, so. Be, we'd
1: <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here and letting us come here, Justin. Yeah, thank you, guys. And, yeah, and uh, have
1: a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, have a great weekend. Awesome.